0: With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing students in Athens TV into virtual learning, we tried to figure out how can we make this class experience better when you can't be doing video production on a daily basis. And the solution we came up with was guest speakers. Today we're joined by Mark Zakalik, who is a production coordinator working out of Grand Rapids, Michigan back a little bit to your time when you were younger, whether it's at North Farmington or college and how, how were you getting started on your career?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of funny looking back, even as a, like a really small kid, like I was always sort of, um, I was always interested in cameras. Like I always wanted to, you know, anytime we had the video camera out at home, I was always, you know, wanted to be behind the camera and like shooting stuff. Um, then as I got a little bit older, friends and and myself would, you know, make little home movies and I was in, into theater and the arts and stuff in high school and kind of just um, it just felt like that was the thing I kind of wanted to focus on. So once I got to um, University of Michigan, I ended up studying film there. Um, my my kind of emphasis was on screenwriting. Um uh, obviously I'm not, I'm not a screenwriter at this point but um, I graduated at a time when um, the Michigan Film Incentive was starting uh, so I graduated college in 2008 and then literally three days after I graduated I got my first uh, PA job on a movie in Michigan um, and from that point I mean I just kept working um, and it's kind of been non-stop ever since
0: yeah it's it's a shame those incentives are gone i graduated in '05, and i was always mm-hmm. going in education but just hearing from pretty much anyone who's in here and has worked in michigan that just kind of cratered the whole thing but it's cool that you're still here and mm-hmm. um you're working but we've had a couple other guests who went to u of m some have graduated um much before we did some way after and when i was there the film program was almost kind of going through a transition and one thing I think is interesting about Michigan, I guess just to compare it to Michigan State, there is no like official journalism or broadcast program. And mm-hmm. can you just talk a little about in college, what did, what did U of M do for you? Because these are all seniors here um, mm-hmm. and probably regardless of what they're going into film or not, I'm sure you have good advice on how can you make college work for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Um w- one of the biggest things I think for me is is the connections you make in college with other students who are in the same program as you. Um, you know, there are plenty of people that I knew in college that are now working in various uh, capacities in the uh, film and TV business. You know, whether it's uh, grip and electric or camera or whatever, um, it's it's helpful to keep those contacts. You know. During college and afterwards, if you're, you know, working on, you know, a big project like like a movie or something uh, smaller, like an independent film or or TV show, um, it's definitely good to have those sorts of connections. Um, one of the other things that at least for me, um, how I directly benefited from my college education was just the fact that like one of my professors is the reason I got my first job. He knew the director of the movie that um, that I first started working on, and they were looking for uh, sort of just like I guess you would call call the position an intern you know like uh, to help the director for a couple of weeks until his assistant could come out um and because he had a friendship with this director uh, and I had a good relationship with the professor um, he ended up recommending me for the position and that's how I got started yeah. so it's definitely um you know, it's, it's, it's very much a connections business. Um, You know, as far as the education itself, you know, Michigan was, you know, it's a, it's an educational program. It's not so much a creative program. Mm -hmm. There certainly was, uh, there were classes uh, geared towards production, geared towards writing and uh, animation, that sort of stuff. But the, the, Emphasis was definitely on, like, history, film theory, that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, so much of college is connections-based. And I've said before to students I have in class, because I majored in English and history, I don't I don't look back at U of M as I, like, learned a lot, I guess, because it's kind mm-hmm. of hard if you're in history if someone is the one who teaches you about the Norman Conquest of England. You know, you've probably heard of it somewhere along right. the line. But just learning how to think about all those things, but just who you meet, and not even just your professors, but in your community. It's so, so important, and I'm sure it's the same anywhere you go, so appreciate that advice. Mm -hmm. We were, um, all right, I was checking out, I can pull it up real quick, just your IMDB here, Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Did Did Lovecraft Country, that just have their last episode, like yesterday or something? Yeah, it was the yeah. it was
1: the uh, season finale.
0: And um, a lot of other things on there. But the the primary role is production coordinator. So what? Yes. What does a production coordinator do?
1: So a production coordinator is uh, it's 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 a very hard to explain job. If you've never worked in the business, because it's like I didn't go to school thinking I was going to become a production coordinator. It's like, no one goes to school thinking that's what you want to do with your life. But basically what, what ultimately ends up happening is, uh, you know, on uh, TV shows and movies, there's the production office, um, which is sort of the, the hub of the movie. So that's where, um, you know, during pre-production, everyone comes, they work together. That's where you have meetings. Um, you have like warehouse space where construction works, but so, so essentially the production coordinator oversees the production from, uh, pre-production shooting and then wrap. So we will, um, get, you know, the facilities off the ground. We get, our, our job is essentially to make everyone else's job easier. So we work for everyone. Um, I think of, of the production as sort of a like a spider web, and the production office is the center. And then you have all of these different departments, like camera grip, electric costumes, construction, um, special effects, visual effects. They're all around the production. And we have to make sure everyone is connected to everyone else. Everyone has all of the, the information um, needed to be on the same page and make sure... Things are going as planned. Yeah, I
0: always thought the best definition for producer I ever heard was they create the conditions for things to happen. But uh, yes, I, that's, but I, that's a very good. Definition. I really like that spider web one too. Like that's a mm-hmm. that's the best visual I've ever heard because it's, it's, you know it's like I, uh, a teacher colleague of mine. They had a student who went on to work with the dark on the dark Knight set like as a production Mm -hmm. assistant and his big thing, his big claim to fame was not like he told Heath Ledger this great line to use. It was because he realized on the day of this big car chase scene that the garbage trucks were going to be out picking things up Mm -hmm. and no one had let them know, like it's just constantly having to coordinate everything. And it's just crazy the details Mm -hmm. you got to keep track of.
1: Yeah. I I mean, really like for, for me, the, the biggest thing, is just the dissemination of information, making sure people have uh, what they need to do the job, um, and if there are changes, to make sure everyone is aware of those changes. Yeah,
0: and I imagine that's even more important now. Uh, you said you've been on set. What's it been like with all the COVID, all the pandemic stuff?
1: Has it's that- very different. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I'm so so. My job as a production coordinator, I'm I work in the production office. Um, because of COVID the, um, you know, for safety reasons, we are trying to keep as, as many people remote as possible. So I, I was in the office once we restarted, I was in the office for a week, getting everything back up and running. And then I transitioned back to remote. Um, you know, I've, I've done some work from home sort of at the beginning and end of projects, but never full time. Um, so it's definitely been a challenge. Um, but you know, like the things that I'm doing are, you know, it's possible to work from home without sacrificing too much of, of the role. Um, I'm still able to kind of function as normal. Mm -hmm. I've, uh, some responsibilities have shifted a little bit because I have some staff in the office still who are working for me. Um, and so part of the job as the coordinator is to make sure the facilities are running and everyone has what they need. And um, just due to the fact that I'm not there, that element of my job has kind of shifted away from me and more more towards my staff. Yeah.
0: Is there a reason you got more into movies rather than television or I guess the HBO's? Still feels like a movie, but I mean, more like a, like a talk show or things like that. Is it just kind of where the path led you or did you have a yeah, particular interest? I mean, it
1: was, you know, I was always a, more of a movie person. You know, when I was growing up, um, TV was nowhere near as prestigious as it is now. You know, TV is going through a, a massive change. Um, so it, it always felt like going into this field, movies was kind of just where just by default where I was going to end up, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I first uh, started working, you know, it was it was all movies. So that's just kind of where I fell. As far as the the differences between TV and movies, it's it's essentially the process is the same. Um, You know, Lovecraft Country was my first TV series that I worked on uh, and. It's slightly different. I mean, the job itself is the same, but but with TV series, you're prepping, shooting, and wrapping different episodes all at the same time. So it's the day to day of it is slightly more chaotic, um, just in, in the sense of you know you're juggling three different episodes at once. Mm-hmm. But the work itself is the same. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of a lot of people when they think of getting into the film industry you know they're thinking hollywood oscars spielberg like like Mm -hmm. big names famous people um and not that in looking at just the things you've done that they haven't met that but what's what's it like to what do you look for in a project like are do you do you get to be selective and like man i'm i'm waiting for a a tarantino role to come along or no this is just work like do you Mm -hmm. feel like you get to be selective do you care about being selective or is it just Work as work or is?
1: Um, I, I'm at a point now where I can be selective. Um, when I was starting out, I kind of, you know, there were a few tough decisions, but, um, you know, I kind of would go with, you know, what I thought would be an interesting project. But, um, you know, there was a, I'll, I'll tell you, a, the last point where I kind of wasn't able to choose. And it was um, when I was working on, I, I had just started, Transformers 5 and you know like I'm not a I'm not a Transformers fan in any way Michael Bay is not you know like He's a successful filmmaker, but he's not you know, not my cup of tea by any means Um, But I had just taken this job. It was kind of it was my first uh, Credit as a as an actual production coordinator previously. I was an assistant production coordinator and like a week or two after I started the job, I got a call to do uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing's, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, which is Martin McDonough was like one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah. Um, and it would have been an out of town job and, uh, but I would have had to take a, less money and you know go back to the position of assistant coordinator. Mm. And I, I felt like I kind of had to just stick with the Transformers thing you know, I would have loved to work on three billboards. Um, but you know, because I think it would have been more satisfying from a, from a creative standpoint and Mm. personally. Um, but at that point in my career, I felt like I kind of had to go with the role that would, that would get me further.
0: On your end, do you, do you get a lot into the, uh, creative aspect or are you more, maybe when you're looking at a project, is it like do people have a reputation of being organized or you know keeping things on a on schedule rather than running all over the place
1: or um so so in my particular job it's not creative in the least uh, which is you know coming out of college ever you know you want to be a writer or producer or director you know cinematographer or whatever um it is incredibly rare to get those jobs like it's yeah you know there there is one person per production who does that specific thing so um, you know I feel fortunate to to be working in the field um, but as far as what it's doing for me as far as my my drive to be creative and have my own projects or or scripts or whatever it's not kind of not really doing that this is a career but um, as far as you know projects, I, I kind of look for people that I know are going to be good to work with now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've ended up working with a lot of the same people over the past few years, just because, you know, you end up spending 60, 70, 80 hours a week with these people. So it's good to find people that you're friends with, or that you can be friends with, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, mesh well together. You know, when I'm looking for for staff to work for me, I'm sometimes willing to forego, you know, experience, if I feel like that person is going to be a good person to be around or be able to like handle the the environment of the office. Yeah, uh, or set. So
0: now you mentioned too that, uh, the uh, three billboards, that was going to be a project on location, is that sometimes an attractive thing? And do you get to experience it when you're there when you are working so much? A lot of the people that we've talked to, you know, they, they're going around the world, but they're seeing the curtain backstage mm-hmm. in Belgium and Australia and wherever they are. Do you, mm-hmm. is that an attractive thing? And do you get to
1: experience it a bit? Yeah, it is an attractive thing. I mean, for one thing, you just, you make more money. I mean, um, you know, you, you get paid per diem, uh, you'll get a rental car, they pay for your housing. Um, so, so certainly it's attractive financially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've worked a fair number of places. Um, you know, in my particular role, um, it's usually Monday through Friday. Usually I can get done working like 7 p.m., 8 p.m. if I'm lucky. Um, enough time to be able to, like, you know, go get, you know, obviously pre-COVID times to go get dinner mm-hmm. on the weekends. Um, if we're not shooting, I'm able to. You know go to a museum or or you know go to a concert whatever yeah like, um you get to experience a little bit of the of the culture of the city yeah. um which I, I you know for me i find I, I i like that portion of it yeah for sure
0: all right i got a question from the crowd mm-hmm. um in terms of like your position do you work job to job and do you ever feel nervous about the financials in that way or is it something that you feel at this point that you're relatively secure in, in doing?
1: Um, yeah, I certainly, um, when I was younger and kind of getting started in the business, the fear of, of not having a job was massive. Um, you know, coming out of college, you know, I had student loan debt, um, you know, I had no savings. So it's like you, you feel the hustle to like just keep, keep working, um, and and do as much as you can uh you know recently i've gotten to a position where you know i've been doing it long enough that i've i've come to terms with the fact that like i will go you know three months without a job um but you get into this um this pattern of like uh you save up a bunch of money when you're working that is sort of a it's a cushion and it's a reward for when you're not working yeah so what will happen is, you know, I'll save up, let's say like enough money to go six months without a job before I have to start worrying. You know, usually a job will come up within a month or two. Um, and, and then you just repeat that cycle. Um, my position is freelance. Um, what happens though, is that I'm part of a, uh, a union, uh, IOTC 161, which is out of New York. It's a, a, a union for coordinators script supervisors and accountants and the what the union does is it provides a framework for us to receive um health you know benefits mm-hmm. retirement funds all that sort of stuff so so even though i'm not working i i never have a fear of like a lapse in health coverage um which is a, kind of a nice nice thing
0: yeah all right. We got another one. Um, they claim that might be a stupid question, but I think it's actually a very good question. Um, because you were mentioning your student loans and mm-hmm. I know from my experience at U of M and you probably experienced the same, not many people are going there to become teachers or work in the film industry, you know, mm-hmm. business school, law school, medical school. Um, and they didn't have much savings and now, now you're graduating in 2008 and it's here comes this crisis. Right. So, Did you ever change your mind or have doubts about pursuing this path? I mean, I guess not because here you are, but I mean, that's, to me, that shows you were really passionate about it and you did the right thing. But did you, when you were in college and you're surrounded by probably all these voices that are saying, Mark, this is really competitive. You're not going to make a lot of money. Like Mm -hmm. how how did you fight through that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had it, um, doubts coming from my family, you know, um, and and not because they they questioned necessarily my talent or my desire but because of they just weren't familiar with the business they had no idea what i was going to get into i had i mean per, me personally i had no idea what i was going to get into um you know my my plan graduating from college was like to um you know work at a restaurant and save up some money and and write and try and move to la or or new york or whatever um and that, that was as far as I, my, my planning got, you know, when I ended up getting my first PA job, it kind of fell into my lap. I got incredibly lucky, you know, sort of right place, right time sort of situation. Um, You know, hundred percent I had people doubting and questioning and and saying, Hey, maybe this isn't the, the smartest decision. You know, I had family members telling me go to law school after, you know, graduating with a film degree and be an entertainment Mm -hmm. business lawyer and I was like that
0: sounds awesome (laughs) not what I want to do you know
1: like um so despite all those things I kind of you know I've lucked into this career yeah um but yeah I mean certainly I had doubts
0: I'm a big believer in you make your own luck too like you probably are doing the right things did you have any internships um when you were at U of M
1: uh no I didn't um you know, very it's very refreshing it's actually, to hear because
0: I, I said that's very refreshing to hear because I didn't have any internships ever either, and mm-hmm. I like to think things worked out for me, but that's the one of the constant things you'd be hearing. Where you intern, like I'm not, I'm not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, you know, now that I'm in a position where I'm hiring people, I literally could not care less what kind of internship they, you know, someone has had. Um, No one has ever asked me what my GPA was. No one ever asked me about film history, you know, like I don't want to say I could, I could not have gone to college because that's how I got my, my start, you know, it's through the connections that I made in, in, at U of M, but but as far as the, like internships and you know gpa and all that sort of stuff no one cares like in this business no one cares um you know if you want to go into uh you know work at at an agency or a management company then you know maybe an internship would be helpful you know to work you know a summer in la at at an agency but as far as production itself you don't need to do any of those things
0: well that's I love that advice because that's something we haven't heard yet. And Mm -hmm. I think it's true. Like where the whole thing we're trying to show here is that the path is not linear. It's not clear. Um, And yeah, it's no one is ever going to hire you. Absolutely not for your GPA. And two, like, I I definitely think it probably gets to a point when you're looking at hiring that ever, everyone has a cool internship, you know, maybe the person who doesn't doesn't is even cooler. Or maybe they just seem like a better fit. Um, but I guess to that end, you you had to have done something right for your professor mm-hmm. to get you linked up with this. So, what would you say is how you were able to yourself, no internship, no real experience? How did you get your foot into that door?
1: Um, I, I was, I always wanted to learn. I was always asking questions. Um, I was very curious, and I and I want like I really showed, I think, in college a desire to improve and to and to get better. Um, I think that was my my biggest thing in in college and then um once i got to uh you know to get my first p a job you know i i was someone who always was willing to put in the extra effort willing to put in the time you know i didn't i didn't care what the hours were, what the pay was i was like i'm gonna do this like this is my shot, you know um it's actually really funny, so I'll try to keep it brief, but, but um, there, so there's a funny story about this first PA job that I got. So prior to, to getting connected with the director as his kind of intern for the couple of weeks, my professor had said like, hey, do you wanna like try to PA on this movie um, because they're looking for people? So I was like, yes, of course. So he gave me the office information and he gave me an email address and and it was like I was calling like three times a day like sending my resume I was calling so much that um, the assistant coordinator this person named Ali was like this kid is crazy like he's like a stalker like you know he needs to leave us alone so uh, unbeknownst to me like they they put me on the do not hire list. <laughs> because I was so, I was so persistent and so annoying to them. So all of a sudden I get a call from the first assistant director on the movie, like, Hey, we need someone for, uh, to help out the director. So I was like, yes, I'll be there. So I end up in the office and I, 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 I walk into the front door and they ask me who I am and what I'm doing there. And, and they, you know, I tell them my name and they're like, how did you get here? Like, what are you doing here? Um, and then, you know, I end up working for the director for a couple of weeks and, um, just uh, sort of, I mean, bad luck for this kid, but good luck for me. Like the office PA that they had, um, working for them, his car broke down one day and they literally didn't know anyone else to call except for me. So I came in, filled in for a couple of days. And then they just kept me on from that point on. And the assistant coordinator, Allie, who put me on the do not hire list is now one of my best friends <laughs> and, and I've worked with her on and off for the past 12 years. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad that has a happy, and it's so hard to know how much is too much, you know, mm-hmm. like even when I'm, I'm getting these, you know, links or emails from Facebook or Gmail, these people, friends of friends, like how, I don't, I don't want to bother anyone. So I very much appreciate you allowing us to bother you. This has been wonderful. Um, we have just one final question. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a particular favorite project that you have worked on or, mm-hmm. or there's an or here, or like a dream project, what you might hope to be working on one day.
1: Um, I, a dream project would be to work on either a Paul Thomas Anderson movie or a Charlie Kaufman. movie. Both of those uh, filmmakers are, are huge influences on, on me. And they're kind of the reason that I got into this business Um, I really enjoy the project I'm on now Um, working with Steven Soderbergh is also a very um, it's like that's kind of a dream come true as well Um, uh, uh, another favorite project would probably be um, probably my first movie Youth and Revolt Um, Mm -hmm. there was uh, a real excitement and a really good group of people um, that it just gave me a really good experience uh, starting off in the business that kind of let me uh kind of gave me the the drive to keep going Nice.
0: so when you're when you're working with like soderberg mm-hmm. i mean what what's that like is he is he everything you hope he would be like do you do you learn from him how to be more creative how to run a set like what's it like to be He's like, he's like an icon. I mean, so what's it like to be? Yeah. I mean, he's
1: an Oscar winning director, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, a, you know, he's a, an incredibly talented person. He, so it's interesting. Um, once you get to a certain level, like a Soderbergh or George Clooney who I've worked with, like they, they are incredibly normal people. Mm-hmm. You know, they have no pretense. They, they are, they, they know exactly what they want and how to get it um, from a step you know, Soderbergh and Clooney, both of them shoot, you know, like maybe eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, most, you know, most projects you shoot a minimum of 12 to 14 hours a day, you know, but, but these guys are consummate professionals. They know what to do. Um, And a lot of times I, I feel like difficulties arise because the director doesn't have a clear vision in mind of like what they want and they have a tough time making decisions. So like what's, refreshing in this particular instance is like they they get information say they you know there's a choice to be made between a specific like a location um that is beneficial for the look or uh, a location that is beneficial for the production for budget or schedule or whatever Mm -hmm. and and they are people that are able to like you know look at those those things and say like okay like i i could probably make one work better than the other, you know, and they go make that decision and they stick with it. Um, That's like the biggest thing that I've noticed about directors.
0: Well, it's nice to hear that they are, that's kind of what we've heard is that the early career is where you get the stereotypical jerk, but as they go on, you know, they just become nice and welcoming and probably Mm -hmm. really appreciative of how much it took to get where they are. So.
1: Yeah. I think of it as a bell curve. Like as you're starting out, kind of a jerk as you get to, you know, height of fame or success, you're usually pretty cool. And then on the way back down, you kind of become a jerk again.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in, Mark. And I think we got um, Mallory Maxton who works with you. She's coming in. So that's going to be cool. That's the first, like, not that you two just work the two of you, but from the same team to get those
1: perspectives Yeah. I'll, like, cool. Yeah. Hopefully she has good things to say. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm
0: sure she will. She was, uh, that's not what I've been trying to coordinate for a while. So yeah, small world, I guess. Well, thank very you very small. much. Thanks for the advice. All good. Mm-hmm. And good luck with the production.
1: Cool. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yep.
0: Bye. All right. Um, so there we are. Yeah. I, I really like what he was saying about, um, like his college, I've I've never really met anyone else like me who just I I didn't have any kind of internship. Maybe I was lazy. I don't think I was lazy in the summer. It's like I I did things during the school year, and especially at a school like U of M, it's all you're ever hearing about is the big things people have. But I think his advice that you just work hard and show your interest now, as you go to college. Never ever ever underestimate that okay, because every professor is going to have office hours, and they will probably be lucky to have one person per semester show up at the office hours, and these are people who are very, they're, um, oh, how to put it, there's a lot of arrogance there. You kind of have to be, to be a professor, and you, you know, you've written things, and you're an expert on this, and if you show an interest in that, your ego-driven professor is probably going to be so thrilled with themselves that they've inspired the next generation that they won't be able to do anything but give you an A. All right. So never discount just showing interest. And even um, like my wife, she works at Beaumont. She's a physical therapist and she'll get, she always has like different um, students in or interns and is continually amazed, like some of them are great, they work hard, that's that's all she ever looks for, they're good, they work hard, but is continually amazed by the ones who like, oh I, I have a vacation planned, I can't be there during this one week of the eight-week fellowship or whatever that I'm supposed to be there for, I, I can't do it, or they, they have their phone out when they're like in their patient's room, like just, I'm like, well that's people, like you, and just always remember that not everyone that is competing for the same thing that you want will be putting as much effort in as you are. Um, So I've heard things like just be nice if you're from the Midwest, work hard. Um, Those are all those soft skills that I think we all kind of have if you really want it. So that was very refreshing.